ตัสสะบะโกอะโตอะระหะโตอะสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะตะโมตัสสะบะโกอะโตอะระหะโตอะสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะโมตัสสะบะโกอะโตอะระห
didn't eat a lot, didn't uh, at night, didn't, didn't sleep much at night, and didn't talk to people very much. And it was very interesting and productive experience. <laughs> but it was also extremely difficult. I, I was probably, maybe I had too much faith or conviction in what I was doing, and it was a lot more difficult than I'd actually thought it was going to be, being a hermit. And, and over the, uh, so I stopped after a few months, I stopped. And I have tried it out a few more times over the, the, the intervening years. And it's a very difficult thing to do. It's quite, it's very challenging being in solitude. And I didn't have Bernardo was <clears throat> talking about it tonight. That's, that's what the community is going to be doing to some extent. January, February, March, we're going to be in solitude. And, and I'm sure it's probably many of you have, have been on retreat and experienced periods of, uh, of solitude and it's an invaluable part of our lives learning to be on our own so that we can reflect and, and, and be more peaceful and the, the Buddha himself he praises this uh, solitude he praises this a lot seclusion, solitude but he he also uh, warns us it's actually quite a difficult thing he has an image of uh, for, for many people it's rather like uh, he gives an image of uh, I think it's a rabbit going into a deep pool and just being out of its depth then he gives another image of a, an elephant going into a, a pool and an, an elephant's not out of its depth it can play around and squirt water and enjoy itself And it's, uh, this has been a, something I've been very curious about for quite a number of years now, is, is what is it that makes the difference? Why is it so difficult? Uh, seclusion, solitude, retreat, why is it so difficult? And I've met some hermits over my time, and I, I like to ask them, I say, well, what is it? That, uh, what skill or characteristic, what do you need to, to be able to be in retreat long term as, as a hermit? What, what is it? And some of them just don't know. They, they, they just say, well, some people can't do it and some people can. and They don't really know. But I, I met a hermit, Buddhist hermit, uh, a few months ago and I asked him. And, and he was quite categorical. He said, you have to be mature in the five faculties. And uh, I've also I looked up this, this image <coughs> of the... The Buddha, uh, the Buddha's explained with the rabbit out of its depth and the elephant being able to stand, being in its depth, being able to stand and, and enjoy itself in a, in a pool. And in this image he, he says that the difference is if, if one's not mature in, in the five faculties, five spiritual faculties, then one's out of one's depth in a, in a situation of solitude, it's too much. Whereas if one's mature in uh, the five faculties, then you're very happy in solitude. It's not a problem. You, you can, you can not, it's not that you can just do it and survive. You actually enjoy it. You, you like it. And I think, I think it's fair to say for me, most of us who can meditate 
to start with solitude is it is very enjoyable to start with the first few days or few weeks but generally for, for most of us after a period of days weeks months it gets very very difficult and the uh, seems to be according to this this hermit that I met and according to the Buddha the difference is maturity in, in the five faculties very interested listening to Ajahn Abhinanda last week he was talking about the uh, his faith for him the big part of his faith was his faith in the, the four noble truths and the, uh, if you like the what counterbalances faith is, is wisdom without wisdom Faith kind of goes off. It's, it's out of balance. It's like uh, just having one strong leg or one strong wing. So. <clears throat> and the wisdom or understanding the, the, the four noble truths. So. You can you could divide faith into three different types: as faith in, in the Buddha and his enlightenment. You know, a conviction that he actually did it he actually really understood everything faith in his teaching of the Dhamma and then faith in the, in the Sangha that there are people who followed his teaching, his instructions and who have experienced benefits from that they've become stream winners or once returners, non-returners or arahants so there's three kinds of faith and what we'd all like to do is, is we'd all like to translate that faith into understanding and wisdom. The uh, question is, how do we do that? And the, uh, the Buddha very much recommended this uh, retreat or solitude. But the, the truth is, it is a bit too much for most of us. The, uh, so what can we do? How, how do we translate our conviction in the, in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, how do we translate into the, that into wisdom and understanding? <clears throat> One thing that the Buddha recommended was being with good friends, being with spiritual friends, and <clears throat> very much something that we're, we're doing tonight. We're, we're meeting up together in silence and chanting and together and this is a great support for building up the <clears throat> the faculty of of conviction making it stronger the, the word the pali word for a, a, a faculty <clears throat> spiritual faculty is indriya and the the, the, the words related to Indra, who is one of the is the dominant Vedic god at the, uh, the time the Buddha was teaching, or just during the centuries <clears throat> preceding his his dispensation, Indra was the top god in in, in the Vedic uh, in the, the Vedic system. So it has connotations of strength, dominance, power, and the uh, Buddha also, as well as calling faith. A, a, a faculty 
an indriya. He also calls it a bala, bala, which means a strength. So he, uh, another way of uh, strengthening our faith, if, if you like, as well as, as, uh, as well as meeting up, meditating together, is the like what some of you have been doing today, meeting up uh, with Ajahn Abhinanda and talking together, talking about the Dhamma. And, the, uh, and then meeting up, listening to a, a Dhamma talk or listening to Dhamma talk on, on a CD, reading, reading books, reading Dhamma books. These are all ways of strengthening our our conviction, our faith. And another way, a third, a third way of strengthening <coughs> this, this power or, or this strength is appropriate attention or, or wise reflection. If we take the, the teachings that we studied or listened to and reflect on them, this, this can strengthen our conviction. And then if we put them into practice, this is the fourth way that we can strengthen our conviction, our, our faith. And the, the second faculty of second spiritual power is uh, persistence, exertion. Like to actually make the journey to, to come to this monastery, is uh, it takes energy, it takes some kind of exertion to just make the the journey to come here. Got to put something to one side and here, uh, big or big or small, just to come and listen to a dhamma talk. It takes takes persistence, exertion to come here. <clears throat> Doing things for for the monastery. I mean, ourselves. We offering some of you offering time, energy, or offering material material offerings. And yeah, all this takes exertion and, and persistence. It's a, <clears throat> a way of developing our uh, spiritual faculty of persistence. And the the traditional way of analysing it, persistence is, is, is there's four different kinds. There's the First one is the uh, <clears throat> when your mind's in an unwholesome state. There's the exertion to abandon that unwholesome state. And the second one is if your mind is free from an unwholesome state, is preventing an unwholesome state from arising in the first place. The third one is if your mind is doesn't yet have a, a wholesome state is to is to bring bring that about to arise a, a wholesome state. And the fourth one is if your mind already has a wholesome state in it, is to maintain that and, and encourage it. And all the, all these they take takes energy, takes persistence, takes exertion. It's not doesn't just happen. One kind of very negative. Um, mind state is, is resentment or ill will. 
it can be very difficult to to, to get rid of it and quite difficult to abandon it. For myself, what's helped the most is is understanding and understanding of karma. You know that I'm, I'm responsible for my own actions and the results of those actions, and the mental action of resentment and ill will is uh, very painful. It's, it's uh, you know somebody's insulted me, and every time I think about that, it hurts. You know, somebody's humiliated me. Every time I think about that. It really hurts, and I feel angry and resentful. But then we, we need to notice that we're doing that. You know, the person may have insulted us yesterday, a week ago, <clears throat> but every time we think about it, we're hitting us, uh, ourselves over the head, so to speak, and we don't need to. Re- resentment, you can just let go of it. Once you start to notice that we're doing it, we're, it's not actually the person that insulted me is no longer hurting me. You know, it's, I'm hurting myself. So this reflection on karma, on the, on the results of karma, that I'm, I create my own karma, it's a very useful reflection to help let go of negative states like, like resentment and ill will. And to just learn to forgive other people. Another wholesome state to, to, to cultivate is the, uh, the desire you like, to be generous you know, a lot, a lot, for a lot of us I mean I'm, my natural tendency is to be a bit selfish it takes energy for me to be generous and it doesn't come naturally another one's keeping the precepts you can't just float along and keep the precepts you have to put energy into it you have to be persistent you have to arouse a sense of interest and wanting to do it a sense of uh, aspiration if you like and then arousing the energy or the interest to meditate to actually put time aside to meditate this takes persistence and, and, and exertion it's not just something that just happens you know you don't just wake up in the morning and start meditating at least most of us don't. I mean, maybe some people do, but it's not something that happens very easily. That suddenly you just, without trying, drop everything in the middle of the day and meditate. It's not for most of us. We have to put in, we have to exert ourselves. We have to uh, produce persistence, arouse persistence and energy to do that. The third. Uh, spiritual faculty or spiritual power spiritual strength is is mindfulness and if you, if you like mindfulness is a bit like the driver if, if, if a car if our practice is like a car then uh, mindfulness is very much like the driver if you're like if you're chopping vegetables or, or meat if you're not mindful if you're thinking about this and this and that and distracted you're liable to chop your finger or if you're trying to thread a needle if, if you're not mindful if you're distracted and thinking about this and that it's quite difficult to thread a needle you have to be mindful but if you're mindful it's it's quite easy it's very easy to chop vegetables or meat it's very easy to, to thread a needle if you're mindful 
you know, like all these, <clears throat> all the different faculties, there's actually five, five different faculties, there's faith and persistence, mindfulness, there's concentration, and then there's wisdom. And all, all of these, are a bit, they're a bit like a vehicle getting us from one place to another. If you like the vehicle, it you know, needs petrol, oil, water, it needs the driver, it needs all these things if we're going to get from faith to wisdom. Yes. To develop mindfulness is uh, something that we have to put a lot of energy into and, and we have to, if you like, know what to do. It's not It's not something one can just do as a an act of will it's something where you have to uh, practice a lot and we have to know what what to practice and the buddha recommended starting with the uh, the body as the uh, four different foundations of mindfulness and the first one the easiest one for most of us is the is the body which is why the, there's such an emphasis on breathing meditation as a physical sensation in the body and then an emphasis on walking meditation which is a physical activity where we're, we're mindful of the, the physical sensations of walking but mindfulness is not something I mean these are exercises but it's, it's also something that we uh, need to put energy and effort into during the day when we're just walking from one place to another going somewhere, coming back Going up the stairs, opening a door, and standing, walking, sitting, lying down. Whatever we're doing, we need, we need to develop mindfulness, and put, put some effort, energy, and, and persistence into, into this act, this effort. And when we find that we've forgotten, if there's been a few hours or days or whatever, and we've not been mindful, then when, when we remember then just to start being mindful, not to berate ourselves or try and analyse why. Because at that moment <clears throat> of remembering, that's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is remembering. It's remembering to bring our attention into, into our bodies. And then also the second area is the feeling, to, to notice our feelings, pleasant and unpleasant feelings. So when we've been mindful of our breathing prepared we start to notice pleasant feeling uh, and if we've been meditating for a bit longer than that then we might start to notice unpleasant feeling in, in our knees or somewhere in our, our bodies and then the the third area is the mind mind states and the, the fourth area is the dhammas contents if you like Now, if we, if we do practice mindfulness, if we, if we can be persistent with it and start to become more consistent, then it, one starts to notice that when you sit down to meditate, it's, uh, if you like, it's not something completely and totally alien and different from what we've been doing with the rest of our time. You know, if we've, man if we've managed to, to have some moments of mindfulness during the day, then when we sit down to meditate, 
this is another moment of mindfulness. It's, it's not, uh, if you like, it's transferable as the, the rest of our life and meditation that they're not uh, alien or totally different. It's a, it's a continuum, if you like, and the, the effort we put into being mindful during the day bears fruit. So when, when we sit down to meditate, there's this, if you like, uh, credit in the bank account. There's some mindfulness there waiting for us on the cushion. And the uh, effort to bring mindfulness into the body, to bring it out of the, the thinking mind, that repeated effort to bring it back into the body, physical sensations in the body, the physical sensations of, uh, between the body and what we're sitting on, the physical sensations in the legs and arms, and the physical sensations in the, in the body, of breathing in the belly and the chest. If we use these as a... Uh, a an anchor repeatedly, then the mind starts to become more peaceful. And this is the uh, fourth faculty, the fourth power, or the fourth strength, is a peaceful mind, a concentrated mind, which happens naturally if we practice mindfulness. The two go together, they're not separate. If we practice mindfulness during our everyday activity, and then when we come to, to sit, we continue that mindfulness, and the mind starts to become peaceful. And the classic object is the breathing. If, if we're aware of the different types of breathing, there's short breathing and long breathing. And the, the most important kind of breath to get to know is the whole body, the whole body breath, getting to know the physical sensations in the whole body. And how when we breathe in, it's as if the whole body's involved. Once we start to relax, it's, uh, the, for some teachers, they, they encourage imagining that you're breathing, sending the breath through your different limbs, coming in through your arms and legs, going out through your arms and legs. as a kind of imaginative thing. And other teachers talk about it in a slightly more literal way. They talk about anapana sati, the pana as if it's the as if it's prana, as if it's chi or energy going through your body. Whether it really is <clears throat> or not doesn't really matter. What matters is that if, if your mind is with the whole body and the whole sensation and breathing in the body, it becomes peaceful and happy. One of the problems with develop, trying to develop a, a peaceful mind is thinking. So we're always thinking about this and that. So usually the meditation teachers recommend that you, we use thinking to overcome thinking. So what one aid can be to pick a particular thought. And traditional one in Thailand, in, in, in our tradition, is buddho, just to repeat that word, buddho. Buddho is your breathing in and breathing out. But there are, there are other phrases. There's the phrases in the, the, the sutta on mindfulness of breathing. Like uh, breathing in, sensitive to the whole body, breathing out, sensitive to the whole body. This is a, a thought that we can use to keep our attention on the body and on the breathing. Or we can, there's other thoughts from the sutta, like uh, breathing in and, and breathing out, sensitive to happiness or joy. These other phrases that, that are ways of holding the mind 
on the, on the object, holding the mind on, on the meditation theme. And that way we're using thought to, to overcome thought. Often thought's the big problem in meditation, but we can use that very thought to, to overcome thought. The fifth spiritual strength or spiritual faculty is wisdom. And this kind of wisdom, it's not born just from thought. Thought can be involved, but there's, in order for wisdom to be born, there has to be a, some measure of peacefulness and silence and happiness. It's this kind of silent mind that is able to understand able to see things. It's this kind of direct experiencing of reality, unbefuddled by the cloud of thinking, the usual cloud of proliferating thinking. And this is the, the state of mind that we, we can develop using these, these five faculties. We can start to develop this strength or this ability to see reality as it is, to see and understand our senses, uh, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting and touching, to understand clearly suffering and ha how it arises and how it ceases. And then what we need to do to, to get to that place where it ceases, what kind of things support that, that uh, understanding, that kind of wisdom. And then when, when this understanding starts to arise, these five faculties, these five strengths, they act a bit like a, a loop. The uh, understanding feeds back into conviction or faith, and faith becomes stronger. No, not just because of belief, but through understanding. And the conviction in the, in the, the Buddha's teachings, in the Sangha, in the Buddha himself, his, his conviction starts to get stronger and then feeds the other, the other four faculties, the other four strengths of persistence, mindfulness, samadhi and, and wisdom. They all become, they all link together in, in a, a, a kind of feedback loop, if you like. So I hope um, some of my comments have been uh, useful and uh, I'm just uh, wanting to um, encourage myself and, and, and all of us to, if you like, to consider these, these five faculties. The, I, I did talk about how useful they are, if you like, for hermits or being in retreat. But the truth is that uh, most of us, when we do idealistically throw ourselves into those situations, don't do very well. So it's, it's the understanding that the practice is, a lot of it is to do with developing these five faculties outside of those specialist situations, you know, in ordinary life, in an ordinary, <clears throat> busy, communal life. So that when we do have the opportunity to be on retreat, then we we've strengthened, you know, we've done the work <clears throat> outside of retreat, we've done, we've done the, the work during our normal everyday life that means we have the, the strengths, the, these five strengths, these five faculties mature enough 
so that we can truly benefit when we, when we do have the opportunity to to meditate when we do have the opportunity to have a quiet day when we do have the opportunity to have a, a quiet week or a, or a three months winter retreat whatever it is here you are. Um, the way, uh...